You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit hbcyr.ca. All right, let's get our Bibles out this morning. Open them up to uh, Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, we're going to jump off from this text into our topic for today. And what we want to talk about today in this whole picture of soteriology, our salvation, is our growing up in Christ or our growing in our walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, we've been studying last summer and then back into this summer with the understanding of what God has done for us before the foundation of the world and then God's choosing and God's election and uh, being predestined and, and then the understanding Understanding that God brings us to that place of regeneration. He does this work in us where he makes us alive and then through conversion, through faith alone, in Christ alone, we turn from our sin and we follow Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, then last week we took a look at so many things that are poured out on us. Um, I started with a list, just one after another, after another, after another. And then we, we kind of zeroed in, lasered in on four things that God's done for us. And all of these are the blessings that God has done. It's all his working. And it's amazing how awesome that work is for us. And today we kind of turn it on its head a little bit. And now we take a look at what's our response to all of that. Not in our salvation, that happened when you trusted Christ, but because of our salvation. How do we live differently? How do we look different? What difference does it make that I am a follower of Jesus Christ? You know, a litmus test to kind of see how you're doing in that might be uh, how you responded to something that happened um, in social media this week. I think it was Wednesday, and the news broke that Chick-fil-A is coming to Toronto. (laughs) One of the guys came in on staff. He was so excited. I thought the Lord's coming back today, (laughs) only to find out he's about as carnal as I am about these things. And... uh, If you're more excited that Chick-fil-A is coming to Toronto than you are that Jesus Christ is coming back, then this message is for you. Um, We need a little bit of an adjustment in our priorities, right? Um, Another guy put on Facebook that John Traveris coming to the Toronto Maple Leafs and Chick-fil-A in one year in Toronto. You know, how good can it get, right? None of that even compares to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, two weeks from now, we're going to take a look at the topic of glorification. And that's the end of all of this work of soteriology, our salvation, when we go to uh, be with Christ. But today we want to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ came. I've put my trust in Christ. If that's what you've done, what difference does it make? How do I live as a result of all that. A great text to kind of jump off for this. It kind of gives us a sense of our walk in Christ. is Titus chapter 2. So let's stand together. We want to honor God as we read his word. And I'm going to start at verse 11. Titus 2.11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for what we're going to learn from it. 
And I pray, Lord, that you would guide and direct us as we go through these things today, as we consider our walk with you. And uh, what am I supposed to look like as a follower of Jesus Christ? Father, give us ears to carefully listen to what your word says today. Father, would you give us minds that we might be able to comprehend it? And then, Lord, the faith and the passion in our lives to live this out for the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I, I pray that you would do what only you can do in my heart and the hearts of your people today. And then, Lord, for the person who's here today who's never trusted Christ, Lord, I pray that they wouldn't walk out the door with a sense of, oh, I need to do these things to know you. Father, that work was all accomplished in the gospel, in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And would they understand and comprehend that Christ offers this gift, this free gift of eternal life? And would this be the day that someone would trust Jesus Christ as their Savior? Do your work for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can take your seats. R.C. Sproul said, It's up on the screen. A true understanding of God's unmerited favor always provokes a life of gratitude and obedience. A true understanding of God's unmerited favor, what God has accomplished for us, what God has done for us in our salvation, always provides a life of gratitude, life filled with thanksgiving, and a life of obedience. And it's really the second part of that, that life of obedience that we want to talk about today. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I've put my faith and trust in Christ. What difference does it make? What's the so what of being a follower of Jesus Christ? Two things we want to see today. Here's the first one. We move forward in progressive sanctification. We move forward in progressive sanctification. This is not what saves me. This is what we do because we are saved. It's the implications of the gospel now being lived out um, in my life. Uh, That word sanctification comes from the root of the word to be holy or to be set apart. As a follower of Christ, my life is to look different said it uh, last week and I've said it before if if the gospel of Jesus Christ hasn't changed you then it hasn't saved you I'm not the first person who said that many different people have said that in different ways but if the gospel hasn't changed you then it hasn't saved you and that's what we want to talk about today what does that change look like in my life how can I know that I know that I know for sure that I'm a follower of Christ well one of those ways is I be by being sanctified Here's a a couple of definitions of what sanctification is. Uh, Grudem gave us this one. It's a a brief one, but it says, Sanctification is a progressive work of God and man. That's an important part for us to understand. This working in our sanctification, the other thing we're going to look at today is a, a thing that we do together with God's help. But we're engaged in this, right? So um, it's a progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin and more like Christ in our actual lives. It actually makes a difference in our life. Uh, That's a brief definition of it. Here's a definition with a little more meat on the bones. Sanctification is that gracious operation of the Holy Spirit, again, God working, involving our responsible participation, and we're a part of this work, by which he delivers us from the pollution of sin 
renews our entire nature according to the image of God and enables us to live lives that are pleasing to him. Enabled more and more to die unto sin and to live to righteousness. The goal of every follower of Jesus Christ, more and more, to be dying to sin and living to righteousness. Now, sanctification isn't a smooth path. It's not a straight line that's from here's where I was and here's where I'm going. Sanctification is a bit of a bumpy road as we grow up in Christ and we get in the way of it and my unwillingness to be obedient or to submit or whatever. Sometimes there are some ups and downs in this journey, but I'm not what I used to be. I'm not yet what I will be. I'm not even yet what I should be, but I'm not what I was. And so we're on this journey called sanctification. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, every follower of Jesus Christ is on that journey. That's the definition. But let's understand that there's a big difference between what we were learning about last week and what we're learning about this week. Uh, so last week, one of the main points we looked at was this idea of justification. And this week, we're looking at this main point that we're calling sanctification. They're not the same. They're very different. So let me give you a few of the differences. A justification is a legal standing. It's a, a statement. It's a declaration that's made by God. You are made just as if you never sinned. Now that's what happened when, when Christ regenerated you, when God's spirit regenerated you, and you put your faith and trust in Christ. God looked at you, and he declared you are just as if you had never sinned. It's an amazing thing. It's a legal standing. Whereas sanctification is an internal condition. It's the way we are changing. It's how we're being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Justification happens once for all time. When I trusted Christ, I was justified. God looks at me just as if I'd never sinned. In sanctification, there's a continuous uh, moving on process that goes on in my life as I'm changing to be like Christ. Justification is entirely God's work. I don't do anything to be justified. God does that work. In sanctification, there's a cooperation that happens. God is involved in it. God doesn't just, well, you're saved. You're on your own now. I hope that works out well for you. I hope you turn into a godly person. We're going to see God's involvement in sanctification. But sanctification has our cooperation in it. We're a part of this um, as we move forward to be more like uh, Jesus Christ. Justification is perfect or complete in this life. The moment you trusted Christ, it was a done deal. A sanctification is a process that goes on all the way through this life. Justification is the same for every believer. Everybody who put their trust in Christ is justified. Just exactly the same. Sanctification is different. It's greater in some than it is in others. We don't all grow at the same pace. And some people th thrive and some people strive forward for the glory of God. And others meander along. And we're going to talk about the importance of that as we, as we go through this message. But um, one is the same for all. Sanctification is an ongoing process for us. So God's done this work where I am justified. But now what difference does it make? 
How do I live out for the glory of God? And that's the picture of us being sanctified. So that's the difference. Well, what's the destination in all of this? We talk about this topic of sanctification. There are really three parts to it or three stages to it, as it were. There's that stage of sanctification that happens the moment you, are, you trust Christ. There is a part of our sanctification that happens at that point. I'm made holy. I, I am right before the Lord. Um, and then there's a progressive part. That's what we really want to laser in on to today. And then there's the part that's going to come a couple weeks from now. That's our ultimate or complete sanctification. And so that initial sanctificating work of God happens um, when, we get, when we trust Christ. In 1 Corinthians 6, 11, it says, But you were washed, you were sanctified, set apart, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And so there's a part of this work that happens the moment I trust Christ. But now there's this part that goes on for us, and that is um, this part of progressive sanctification. It's growing up in Jesus Christ. It's being conformed to the image of Christ. Now, 1 John 3, 3 says, And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. The gospel of Jesus Christ, you put your trust in Jesus Christ, it changes you. And now I want to be like Christ. I want to grow up more and more every day to be like the Savior, progressing in our walk with him. Paul understood it wasn't a perfect path. He understood he struggled. He said, things are the things I should do. I don't do the things I don't do. I should do. He, he saw the journey in this. And so don't think I'm teaching you something that you're going to have to be perfect in. But is your heart for this? Is your desire for holiness? Is your desire to be separated to the Lord Jesus Christ and for the Lord Jesus Christ? In Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Paul said this, Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God that is in Christ Jesus. Every follower of Jesus Christ is pressing on toward the upward call. Looking forward to eternity. Striving to live for the fame of Jesus Christ. This work of sanctification that God does for us, and, and God has a primary role in it. I think sometimes we kind of get the idea, well, salvation is all about God and what he does. And then sanctification is all about me and how I respond. You are not going to be sanctified if God's not in the picture. God sanctifies us, and we cooperate in that walk moving forward. The ability to conquer and defeat sin is never going to happen on your own. It only happens by the power of the Spirit of God in you. And so God's role in our sanctification is a primary role as well. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. Okay? So you're not in this alone. I've got this responsibility to grow up in Christ. Oh no, how am I ever going to? Therefore, my beloved, the God of peace himself will sanctify you completely. 
and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so God has this role in it. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He is our helper. He is our strength. God's spirit interceding on our behalf. God is in our sanctification up to our eyeballs. That's his part. And then we have a part. We have a role. And I think that in the role that we have in our sanctification, there are kind of two ways we can look at it. We can look at, I've got this overall desire, this 80,000 foot sense of this. I call it more passive. I know I need to do this. I desire to do this in my life. And so I have this sense of this is what God called me to. And so it's what I need to be about. But sanctification is more than just, well, I need to be about this. Sanctification is I'm making some decisions. I'm making some choices. I'm doing some things so that I'll be more like Jesus Christ. If your sanctification is only passive, well, I know I need to be like this. I think I need to be like this. Then uh, the result for you is spiritual laziness. Uh, yeah, I, I should. I, I, I want this. Yeah, I know it's for me. And and the result is laziness. But if you get too focused on the active role of sanctification and lose sight of the bigger picture of God's working and how important this is, then the end result can easily become legalism and pride and self-righteousness. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. Look how I'm like Jesus. And so we're, we're trying to find that perfect balance in this as we grow up in Jesus Christ to understand God's working, to understand the need to be doing this, and then and then also coming to the place on based on all that God has done. I'm going to make some decisions. I'm going to do some things so that I can be more like Jesus Christ. Sanctification affects every part of you. It's a change of your mind. It affects your emotions. It affects your will and your desires. It affects your body and the way you live and the way you act. It, it affects your spirit. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price so I could have eternal life. Through faith alone and Christ alone, all of that is poured out on me. And now I respond. And now I respond. If the gospel hasn't changed you, the gospel hasn't saved you. The writer David Paulinson in uh, an article he wrote called How Does Sanctification Work? Uh, he talked about five things. I thought it was a really good synopsis for me to understand it, and I trust it is for you to, as well to kind of take hold of this in a practical sense. He, he gave these five things. He said, first of all, God, God changes you. God changes you. God's spirit working in you changes you. 1 Peter 1, 2, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, see the Trinity in this verse, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. As I grow up in Jesus Christ, God changes me. Is he changing you? Is your life different? 
Are you spiritually at the same place you were a year ago or two years ago or five years ago? Or are you moving forward and being changed to be like Jesus Christ? God opens the doors. He gives us the strength. His spirit enables us. And we should be, we need to be changing to be like Jesus Christ. God changes me. Here's the second thing. Truth changes you. God's word changes you. I mean, if you're never opening God's word, if you just have it when you come to church or you take a, the, uh, the uh, Bible out of the rack in front of you and that's the only time you open God's word, you're not going to be sanctified. You're not going to grow up in Jesus Christ if you're not in his word. And uh, we need to be focused on that. We're going to come back to that in some practical things we see in our own life. God, God changes me. God's truth changes me. Wise people change me. Wise people change me was the third thing he talked about. In fact, that's the influence of other people in our lives who are godly people. Uh, people who are uh, speaking into us. People who we have an accountability to. And I listen to them and I hear what they're saying. And not the voices that aren't coming from the truth of God's word, but voices from people who care for me and love me and want best for me by, by the word of God. God changes me. God's word changes me. God's people change me. Two more. This one's not quite as much fun, but suffering and struggle change us. Going through the deep valleys, going through the difficult times, and fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ and having him lead us through. Psalm 23 is filled with this stuff. And struggle, suffering, it changes you. And you come out refined and you come out glorifying God and you come out with a focus towards him. And then, and here's the last thing he says is you change. You change. By faith, you change. Um, as God works and you trust, this is your part that I'm committed to this, Lord. I want to be more like Jesus Christ. And you make your commitment to change. That's, that's what sanctification is. Becoming more like Jesus Christ a little bit more every day for the glory of God. So we have sanctification that happens when I trust Christ. We have this progressive sanctification that goes on in our walk with Christ. And then we have the part of sanctification that we're going to look like in a, in a couple of weeks, look at in a couple of weeks. Um, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, and now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to the coming of Jesus Christ. When sanctification, when the work of being sanctified will be completed in my life. We're going to see that. Um, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I kept the faith. Henceforth was laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And Psalm 23, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the last piece of our sanctification. And we will take a look at that. And so why am I all about, Pastor, why are you making such a big deal about this? The gospel that saved me is the foundation of the work that changes me. Why? To glorify God. See, don't be about sanctification to impress your spouse or your neighbor or your small group leader or the pastor of your church. That's not the purpose of sanctification. The primary purpose of, the, of sanctification in our lives is the glory of God. 
I want to be sanctified. I want to be more like Christ. Why? So God gets the glory. So people look at me and go, I, I know what that schmuck is like. I know he's not like that on his own. God's doing a work in his life, and he's not what he used to be. He's not, it wasn't like that for him before, and now look how he's growing up in Christ. Anybody saying that about you? Anybody saying, I, I remember when you used to be like this, but you're not like that anymore. You've been changed. See, the purpose, the goal, the priority, the desire for sanctification is the glory of God. Philippians 1, 9 to 11 says, And it's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be sure, be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. One reason for sanctification, to glorify God. That God would get the glory in your life. Well, so what does this all look like? like? What does sanctification look like in a believer's life? So I got 10 things for you real quick. We're going to go through them. Um, I don't expect all of them will necessarily resonate with you. They're all true. Uh, some of them you'll be doing well on if you're a follower of Christ. Some maybe not. But if you're going through this and I'm not doing any of these things or very little in any of these things, you need to be thinking a look at your walk with Christ and ask, am I being sanctified? Am I being changed to be like Jesus Christ? So in no particular order, here's the first one. People who are sanctified are people who are in fellowship with other believers. The Christian life was never designed to be lived in isolation. It's to be lived with the help and with the encouragement of other followers of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 10, they were going through suffering. They were going through attack. They were going through hard times. And it's believed that sometimes it's like, I don't know if I want to go to church. It's just too much pressure. It's too hard for me. And, and so the writer of Hebrews wrote uh, these verses. He said, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. See, that was the verse for me as a kid I was always beat up with because I didn't want to go to church as a teenager. Um, and, and there's an application to that, but that's not what it was about. This is about people who are suffering for the Lord and weren't sure they wanted to get out of bed. They were timid because they might lose their job or lose the relationship in their family. And, and, and the writer of Hebrews is, let's consider how we spur one another on. Let's consider how we encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. As a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are going to be sanctified, you're going to do it in community. We're going to do it in fellowship. We call it doing life together. We do it in small groups. It might happen when you're here, but you can come in here and then disappear in the crowd. But, but in a small group or in a relationship, you have an accountability, and those things are so important for us. If you are being sanctified in Christ, you are in fellowship I'm not talking about talking about the weather or whether, or whether we're going to have a new chicken place in town. I'm talking about people who hold me accountable, people who talk about the important things in life, and I'm in fellowship. Here's another one. If I'm being sanctified in Christ, I'm living in obedience, that I desire to do what God's Word says. I'm going to do what's right, and we delight to do what's right. Um, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Finally, brother, whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Uh, doing the things that God's word tells us to do. 
So how's your obedience today? How's your sanctification in Christ looking based on your obedience to what you know God's word says to do? I'm going to do it. Why? Because God's word says it. I'm going to be obedient. So what is there in your life today that when I talk about it, you're like, could you get past this point, Pastor? Could you get on to the next thing? Because you're really starting to tick me off. And you're not willing to be obedient. You're not willing to do what God's word says. It, it's it's the, bump, the bumpiness of this sanctification. And you're going to make a choice to say, I'm going to do what God's word says to do. Not what the church says to do. Not what the pastor says to do. What, what the word of God says to do. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. Here's the third thing. A, a life that's filled with sanctification is a life that, that lives in confession and repentance. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Not just when we have communion, but every day. The Lord revealing things in your life and you dealing with them by confessing to the Lord. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. Are, are you a person of God being sanctified, growing up in Christ, desiring purity in your life, desiring to have sin taken care of in your life and, and confessing your sin and, and then hating your sin and turning in repentance and moving in a new direction? But pastor, I, I fail. Yeah, we all do. But are you moving forward in your walk? Are you being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ a little bit more every single day? The next word I wrote down is surrender. Surrender. Uh, in Matthew 16, 24 and 25, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Tied to surrender, that's a giving up of our rights, is this picture. The next word I wrote down is the word submission or humility. Humility is really just having a proper understanding of who you are in light of who, who God is, right? God is on the throne. He is in heaven. We are on earth. The Bible says, let your words be few. It, you, you get it positionally right. And when I think of um, submission, I think of Jesus Christ before the Father in Luke 22, where he's, verse 42, where he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. See, I'm going to surrender my life. All those things that I want, I'm going to submit. I'm going to come under. Not my will, God, but yours be done in my life. And I'm going to have submission, submission to one another. Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that in his time, in due course, he can exalt you. He can lift you up. But I'm not going to worry about that part. I'm going to do my part and allow God to take care of the when I get lifted up. And if it's not until I get to heaven, it's not until I get to heaven. But in being a follower of Christ who wants to be like Jesus Christ, not my will, God, but your will be done. People who are being sanctified are people who have a strong witness 
you have a strong witness or evangelism, if you want to put that word in there. Um, not only to know him, but to make him known. What kind of a witness do you have for the Lord Jesus Christ? Do your co-workers know you're a follower of Jesus Christ? You're like, well, we're not allowed to do evangelism in the workplace. I'm not talking about that. Your life should be so different that people ask you for the reason of the hope that is in you. And as they open the door for conversation, then you walk through the door with the conversation. Do any of your co-workers know that you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Is that a desire of your heart that they would know? Do your family members know what's going on in your heart and the change that's happened? Do your neighbors know that Jesus Christ is the one you claim is the king of your life? Being ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you for the reason of the hope that is in you. Um, that's 1 Peter 3 and verse 15. If you're a follower of Christ, if you put your trust in Christ, you have the greatest gift. You've received the greatest gift that's ever been given. I'm going to tell you, when you're being sanctified in Christ, there's a switch somewhere in your life that goes off and is going, what am I doing keeping all of this good news to myself? I've got family members. I have neighbors. I have, they don't know Christ. People who are being sanctified are people who are telling others about Christ. People who are being sanctified are people who walk in Christ. And I would include in this serving um, in the church and, and serving the Lord where he opens doors for you. Um, Colossians 1.10, so, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Eight, the disciplines of your walk. A desire for a deeper walk with God in prayer. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Right? You don't have to pray about that. You can pray about what school you should go to, what job you should have, what person you should marry. Should I buy this house? But you never need to pray about, should I be praying? This is the will of God for you, the Bible says. Um, and if you are being sanctified in Christ, you're growing in your prayer life. You're growing in that discipline in your life. It's not like it used to be. I hardly even knew how to pray before. And now I find myself praying more and more and calling out to the Lord. And I don't go to him last anymore. I go to him first or second. I, I'm on a journey of growing up in that in my life. And the discipline of the word. The discipline of the word. Um, talked about this a few minutes ago. But if you're not in the word you're not growing up in Christ. And it's not enough just to come to church on Sunday and sit down and, and hear a pastor talk to you for 42 to 47 minutes. And, okay, that's it. My tank's full for the week. We need to be in God's word every day. I talked to a guy before the first service today, and um, he's learning English. His English isn't as good. It's probably better than mine, but his English isn't that great. And he goes, um, I listen to your messages over and over and over again during the week. I'm not suggesting you need to do that. I'm just saying he just wants to keep growing. He wants to be in the Word. Be in the Word. The disciplines in our life. If you're growing in your sanctification, you're growing in your worship. 
God is bigger in your life today than he was six months ago or a year ago. And on a trajectory for him to be bigger in your life every day moving forward. Not just coming and singing a few songs and hearing a preacher on a Sunday, but every day, how do I worship the Lord? How do I get my eyes fixed on him, the author, the perfecter of our faith, the one who is holy, the, the, the one, all those attributes of God and focused on those in my worship. And if I want to... Um, be sanctified. Primary goal of my life is to glorify God. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So the number one thing as a response to being a follower of Jesus Christ, all that he has done is I want to be set apart for him. Here's the second thing, and it's going to go by much quicker. For those of you who are taking notes, you turn the page over and go, oh, no, he's only halfway through. No, we're way past halfway through. Don't worry. Okay. You won't starve to death before we're done. Okay. Every follower of Jesus Christ is being sanctified in Christ. But here's another thing. Every follower of Jesus Christ is persevering, is persevering to the end. The doctrine is called the perseverance of the saints. The definition of it, going up on the screen, perseverance of the saints is the doctrine that all those who are truly born again will be kept by God's power and will persevere as Christians until the end of their lives. And that only those who persevere until the end have been truly born again. You understand that? Perseverance of the saints is the doctrine that all those who are truly born again will be kept by God's power, just like in our sanctification. God's involved in our perseverance and will persevere as Christians until the end of their lives and that only those who persevere until the end have been truly born again. Again, perseverance of the saints, hanging in there till the end, sticking with it, not walking away from your faith, however, whatever you want to call it, it starts with God. It's a promise of his. Philippians 1.6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This wasn't a hope so thing for Paul. This was, I know so, that God who began the work in me is going to bring it to completion. He was confident. So as we go through this part of the message, my goal is not to scare the assurance of salvation out of you. Unless the gospel hasn't changed you. And then I want you to have no assurance at all that you are saved. The way that we know we're saved, that we, we talk about it, who am I to judge whether you're a follower of Jesus Christ or not, right? Oh, what am I? I'm a fruit inspector. It's all I can do. That's all you can do with me is look and see what the fruit is. Is there change? Are there things happening in that person's life? Are they different than they used to be? Are they moving forward in their walk with Christ? Are they persevering uh, to the end? This is a work of God as well. Through the power of God, 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, unbelievable, undefiled, fantastic, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. 
This sticking with it to the end comes from God. He's the source of it. He is the power for it. And he is the one who preserves those who are in Christ to be able to persevere to the end. In Jude verse 1, it says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Believers are able to persevere only because God is actively at work preserving them, caring for them. So I, I want to help you to understand this a little bit because there's things that happen in the church and, and there's people who make a profession of faith, but they don't really have a possession of faith. There are lots of people who make a profession of faith. Uh, the reason I preach the gospel in every message that I preach in this church is because I believe there are people in the room who are sincere at some level. They've got this profession of faith, but it's not a possession. The gospel hasn't changed them. They have a head knowledge of who God is and what he's done, but it hasn't changed them. And, and therefore, they're not moving forward in their walk. They just kind of think they're okay and... Um, the gospel of Jesus Christ overwhelms us. It possesses us. And that's what God is calling us to. That's what God desires in our walk with him. Are you saying that I can lose my salvation? You can never lose your salvation. A person who is in Christ is in Christ. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. You are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. You are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every single person who is saved will persevere to the end. Are you persevering? Are you a follower of Christ who is actively growing up in your faith? Pastor, you're making me scared. Well, if you're not persevering, if you're not being sanctified, that's exactly how you should feel. You should be nervous about your faith. Is this real for me? Do I really love the Lord? But I'm not afraid of that. Why? Because I'm not what I used to be. I'm not yet what I will be. I'm still struggling with what I should be. But I'm not what I was. And therefore, I'm moving forward in my faith. I'm persevering in my faith. So you can't lose your salvation. We have a great hope. But the Bible warns us of some things. Um, it says in Matthew 10, 22, you'll be hated by all for my name's sake. But the ones who endures to the end will be saved. 1 John 2, 19, they went out from us but they were not of us. For if they'd been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not of us. And Judas looked like a follower of Christ, but he wasn't. In Galatians 2 and in 2 Corinthians 11, it talks about false brothers who are disguised as servants of righteousness. In Matthew 7, Jesus says, Depart from me, I never knew you. Um, John 15, 1-7 says we need to abide in the vine. Hebrews 10, 26-31 says there is a strong warning against those who 
fall away. Why? Because they had a profession of faith, but they didn't have a possession of faith. Well, what about assurance, Pastor? What about assurance? I'm glad you asked. I have great assurance of my salvation. I have a great assurance because of what Jesus Christ has done and because of what he has accomplished. And, and I demonstrate that, not that it saves me, it demonstrates I'm saved because I'm trying, striving, desiring to be like Jesus Christ as I grow up in my walk with a passion and a desire to finish well for the glory of God. At John 5, 24, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. First John 5, 12 and 13 says, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So how can I know? How can I know? Well, here's the first thing. Do I have a present trust in Christ for salvation? Do I believe I'm going to stand before God and he's going to say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? My, my answer is because of what Christ has done for me. I've put my trust in Christ alone for my salvation. Is that your story? Not in your works, not in what you do, in Christ alone for my salvation. For God loved the world so much he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If your answer to the question of where is your hope and my hope is in Jesus Christ alone for my salvation, that's a great picture for you. And if it's not today, you can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. What we're talking about today is what followers of Christ do because of what Christ has done for them. Here's the second thing. Is there evidence of a regenerating work of the Holy Spirit in my heart? Can people see Christ in you? Do people ask you about why you're different? Here's another one. Is there evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in me? The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against these things there is no law. Is there evidence of being changed and growing up in sound doctrine and in the word of God? Are you being changed and conformed to the image of Christ by the word of God? Um, 1 Timothy 4.16, Paul talking to Timothy says, If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of good doctrine that you have followed. Is there evidence of obedience to God's command? Are you doing what God's word says? And are you committed to it? And are you sticking with it? And then the last one is, do I see a long-term pattern of growth in my Christian life? See, I don't want you to walk out of here today fearful that you sinned last week and you aren't saved. Take a look at your life and is it moving forward, striving forward to be like Jesus Christ? Is that your desire? See, because of what Christ has done for us, the desire of every follower of Jesus Christ is to be more like Jesus Christ in our sanctification and persevering, God, with God's help, persevering to the end to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, so what? So what? In our focus on sanctification and perseverance, I wrote down three words for me to help me with this. First of all, that I would be fervent, on fire, passionate about the Lord Jesus Christ, 
the God and the Holy Spirit that work together for my salvation. I want to be fervent. I want to be on fire. I want to be passionate for those things in my life. I want to be faithful. I don't want to grow weary in doing good. I'm sticking with it. I'm not giving up. Look what God has done for me. I will be faithful to him and for his glory. And then I will finish. I will finish. I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I kept the faith. Henceforth, there was laid up for me a crown of righteousness. That's what Paul said. Would that be the desire of every single person in the room that we would know Christ and live for his fame and his glory? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. It's a heavy word today, Lord. We, we realize your salvation, how awesome it is, how good it is, how glorious it is, how so many things have been poured out on us. And today we've talked about our response in that, Lord, not on our own, with your help, with you going before us, with you being our strength. God, I pray that you would reveal in every heart what needs to be heard today in sanctifying work, in persevering for your glory. And for the person who's here who's never trusted Christ, oh God, I, I fear that they would walk out the door thinking, I just got to do some of those things and I'll be okay. No, we do these things because of what Christ has done. Show them your glory in salvation. Bring them to yourself in faith and repentance. The work you've done in the rest of us, do for your fame in them. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.